Hello, I'm Steve Turton. This is episode 37 of Gambling with the Pope. Pretty straightforward show this week. As you'd expect, we spend a good chunk crying about Klopp's woes and Liverpool's unravelling again in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the second half's mostly took up by Cheltenham chat as we preview next week's festival, including Gordon Elliott talk and some flashback memories to winners, losers and piss-ups we've had in years past. The usual funnies come in the form of soprano shouts and unlikely lookalikes, a segment the Pope he still can't seem to get his rosy head around. We'll also read out your name change suggestions for the show, some absolute corkers as always from the listeners. Give us a shout on social media at Gambling with the Pope if you're into this shambles of a sports betting podcast we're throwing together. It's not often we'll make you money these days, but hopefully we'll make you laugh. Enjoy the show. Morning, Popey. Morning, how are we? Not bad, mate, yourself. Yeah, well, well, yeah, we'll come on to that. But a long time no speak. Feels like a while, doesn't it? Lots happened since then, hasn't it? Have you been burying your head in the sand? <laughs> as what? As a Liverpool fan? As a man on a betting sabbatical? As a man who had 20 grand on us to win the league? <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, wow. Tell- that hasn't aged very well, has it? Would you say it's your worst bet of all time? I don't think I can remember one... I don't know, as disappointing, like, yeah. The, the, the... I was going to say, not necessarily in terms of what you've staked on us, but more so just how wrong you've been, basically. Do you know what? No, I wouldn't say so. I think a couple of weeks ago, I went back on us to win the league without Man City, so <laughs> finished second. I think that's probably aged worse than a league title defence, wouldn't you say? I remember we had that conversation. You were trying to convince me to, to get on, yeah. And I said to you then, our confidence is shot, but for some reason, I don't know whether it was on the back of Leipzig or what, you, you, you'd sort of had a renewed sense of <laughs> optimism, really. I didn't follow you in on that one just, just as well, really. What's up with me if I turn into Dr. Fun, the ultimate Liverpool fan? Um, <laughs> That's Anthony Owen, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, high up, I'm high enough the nine to two for the top four. Looks big, looks generous. <laughs> oh, my What's up with you, man? You're chasing, you're well and truly chasing, aren't you? I mean, I was just looking at the odds there. We'll obviously come in, come on to everything that's happened in the last week with Liverpool, but we're, we're actually odds on at Wolves on Monday night. Can you can you get your head around that? How times have changed, eh, my friend? You used to go on about how sort of overpriced we were, yeah. and now... No, you used to go on about how much value there'd be in Liverpool games, like we'd be near enough even money or four to six on against the likes of Wolves or Palace or anyone else at home. Which was true, which was right. And now you're saying we look a bit, what? There's, there's, it's, it's gone the other way all of a sudden. You've got to change with the markets, haven't you? But then Hoping. again, in the same breath, you're saying I'm, I'm pricing up uh, top four at nine to two. So, uh, yeah, you sound rather schizophrenic this morning. <laughs> I'm all over the shop, aren't I, Popey? I'm all over the shop. This How's house, your week been, anyway? This house will make you schizophrenic. I don't know if you can hear the, the dog barking there. As I say, still on a bet sabbatical. The dog's but, becoming a regular fixture on, this, uh, on the show, isn't it? Just just 
Barking in the uh, in the background every no right. Well, she was nearly an, uh, a fixture on the wall. She was nearly stuffed on Saturday night, and uh, <laughs> bit of taxidermy going on. We had a crazy <laughs> one, lad. Crazy matrix situation on Saturday night. Uh, me and John were chilling out in the living room, and me Mark come running to the window, screaming like the dog, the dog, the dogs. So we go outside. She's like spazzing out. She's fitting. She's either swallowed something or she's having a stroke, something like that. So, oh, oh well, it was heavy. Johnny's grabbing her, very, um, very reservoir dogs. He turned into Harvey Keitel a little bit. He was, <laughs> you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Say the goddamn word. Yeah, he went a bit, <laughs> went a bit Keitel, but no, that's genuinely. She was dying. Like she tried to crawl under the bush, which dogs do. They apparently go to run off when when they're dying, and. Um, my ma's come back out, she's shouting, we need a vet, we need a vet. Next thing, this woman's head pops over the bush in the hole in the in the bushes where the tree fell down last year. Did somebody say they need a vet? No, no, Lad, she wasn't a vet. She is a trainee vet. Hannah <gasps> Hannah works for pet, It works in Pets for You in Witness, comes sprinting round with a ma, grabs the dog, oh, grabs its Is she a neighbour? Tell me she's a neighbour no. and she wasn't just randomly walking by. Tell no. me she's a neighbour. No, lad, randomly walking by. Oh, what's that about? So the dog's eyes are rolling in its head. It's about to, it's, you know, it's finished, it's over. It's, it's Don't get any sympathy from me, by the way. I absolutely despise dogs, but sorry, go on, carry on. <laughs> So anyway, she gets down in the passage, pulls out this this twig that's lodged behind the throat that was blocking her airways. Uh, because she was panicking so much, her nose had closed, she couldn't breathe. So basically pulls her back from the dead. Proper George Clooney ER job. And uh, yeah, the dog hit the floor, eyes closed. Then all of a sudden started coming back. And next thing you know, she's... She's chasing around the garden again, looking to uh, looking to catch tennis balls and and plastic golf balls. But yeah. it's very Doc Martin, isn't it? Hale Village, very yeah. Doc Martin. Crazy. I need a vet. I need a vet. Next minute, a vet pops her head through the through the hedge. That's that's mad. That that's how do you explain that? What are the odds on that, lad? What are the odds on that? So all, all these... For me, that's a bigger mystery than who shot JFK. Do you know what I mean? I'm conspiracy theories. That's mad. That's unexplainable. <laughs> It's ridiculous, isn't it? Didn't want any praise. We were saying, Hannah, look, and we take your number. She said, look, I'm Hannah, I work in Pets for You in Witness. I don't need it, it's my job, no worries. Like, incredible, wow. incredible. Divine intervention, to quote another. But as I say, you won't get a massive amount of sympathy from me. Absolutely despise dogs, as you know. So, yeah, but nonetheless, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy for you and uh, you and Peg and your mum, obviously, that the dog that farts dust didn't snuff it. <laughs> Not it can't be a matter yeah. of time, though, isn't it, Stephen? Was it last time we spoke before, pal? Did I say there's uh, plenty of life in the old dog? Yeah, it could have been the biggest Keegan of the week. Yeah, we could nearly killed me dog as well. But what is it? Yeah, there's something more to it as we've discussed before with this podcast. Like we're just a constant curse, aren't we? I think we should go on a sabbatical ourselves on the podcast. I reckon. I, I think we don't come back on until Liverpool get beat again. Now, if they, if they, if they get beat on Wednesday, so be it. Then it's, it's see you Thursday. Then yeah, one we, of them. We'll be doing two shows this week, are we? Yeah, it's not the podcast, but I think if Liverpool start winning, we jib the podcast until they lose again. How about that? What do you feel about that? I don't know. We'll we'll uh, we'll put it out to the uh, listeners. See how they feel about that. I'm sure the less they, they hear from us, the better. Really, in their eyes. I don't know, I don't want to overcommit at the same time. Play it by ear, eh? Been a few messages this week, people asking us where the show is and whatnot. Mostly Evertonians, I'd imagine. Uh, I know, we're burying our heads in the sand. We have to just get on with it, didn't we, really? And I'd seen that you'd, you'd sort of 
delayed it again. Yes, as recent as yesterday, and I thought this was uh, this long-awaited episode was never going to happen. But here we are, anyway. Well, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, do you want to get on to to Liverpool right away, Popey? Do you or Cavalero swings in another one, cleared by Andy Robertson. Lamina keeps it alive for Fulham, and Mario Lamina strikes against the heart of a Liverpool team that at Anfield is low on confidence. Another setback at Anfield for Liverpool, but what a boost this could be for Fulham's survival bid. You actually weren't going to watch the game on Sunday, I think. Did you catch the second half, did you? Or? I didn't watch the first half yet. I was just pottering around the house looking for things to do because I could see how it was going, to be honest with you. It was all these, I don't know, all these Liverpool fans who were trying to remain optimistic and I just don't see it, do you know what I mean? The, the, the team nor the manager's given me no reason for any optimism and Obviously, I come on this call and the first thing you say to me is, well, I'm, I'm looking at Liverpool top four now to two. I wouldn't back them at a fucking thousand to one top four at the minute, to be honest with you. Um, we've got to come on to the football, obviously. So, as I say, there's no point sort of uh, hiding away from it. But um, I don't know. It's 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 not good, is it? We can we can go on about the case of the pod. We can go on about how unlucky we are with injuries. But it's no good. But there's there's one thing that's come out of this, though. I, I do have a newfound respect for Everton fans because let's be honest, it's not not easy losing every week, is it? <laughs> I thought you might counter with some sort of blow. I, I've actually been getting a bit of stick off Everton fans myself. I, you know, as someone who's you know seen as a, a friend to the Blues. It must be heavy for you out there. Are, are you needing your Pope, your Pope mobile to go to the shops at the moment? Yeah, I've been been walking around the streets constantly with me hood up, like yeah, put it that way. But the irony of it, Steve, and I'll I'll hold my hands up, and this isn't going to go down too well with, with with most Liverpool fans. But the irony is, and the reality is that for the first time, I'd say in my lifetime, certainly we are the laughing stock of the city. It's always been Everton. Everton have always been in our shadow, and and historically will remain in our shadow. But there's no doubt about it. At this moment in time, we are the laughingstock of the city. Um, you, you can put it down to, to whatever. I'd, I'd even go back and, and, and say, from us winning the league for the first time in 30 years and having to lift the trophy inside an empty stadium to not having a parade, it almost felt like we didn't win the league last season, let's be honest. Mm. And then obviously fast forward now, eight months, and we've just lost to Everton for the first time at Anfield this century. And, just lost six on the spin to re- at Anfield to rele- relegation cannon fodder. And no doubt about it for me, we are the ugly stepsister in the city at this uh, this moment in time. Are we gonna are we gonna flip flip sides here? Am I gonna become the the Everton Panto villain? Because I mean for all the celebrating and that on Sunday night and some of the message that I was seeing and getting in WhatsApp groups. It's one of our worst seasons we've ever had. What are the three points ahead of us and we've got one foot in a Champions League quarter final? But stay, even when they finished above us in the league, we went and won the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? They have always been, the joke's always been on Everton. Yeah. And we would even mention it to Pauli, didn't we? The one time they did make it into the Champions League, they technically didn't because they didn't even actually qualify. They were knocked out by Villarreal. Listen. Which again, just sums up Everton in a, in a nutshell. But for me, there's no doubt about it. As Premier League defending champions, for us to have just lost six on the spin to some poor teams as well at Anfield... I don't think there's any sort of resource. I think you've just got to take it on the chin from the Blue Noses, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, did you see some of the stats around Sunday's game, Popey? I think Sunday's loss meant... Oh, sorry, Wigan's win and our loss on Sunday meant that now Liverpool are the lowest... I've got the lowest home points record in 2021 of 
all teams in four in the four divisions, the top flight English <laughs> division. So we're actually ninety second out of ninety two. <laughs> Let's get on to Sunday's game, Popey. I mean. I've been defending Liverpool this season. I feel like that since we last spoke, the last two games, Chelsea and Fulham has been has been quite despicable. Did he pick the Fulham side out of a hat? It was like a sweep at St. Chrissy's and speak before a, a Saturday game. It, it was like a tombola, wasn't it? That that line up. Do you know what? I'm 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 sort of on the opposite side of the fence with that. I think we've been playing so poorly and the players that have been playing with the exception of one or two have been fucking terrible. Why? Why not shake things up? Why not give the sort of the fringe players a go? Mm. I don't know. I, that, that's the way I looked at it, and I, I felt as though at the time we had nothing to lose. But how wrong I was! I eh? you know, fast forward ninety fucking minutes or two hours, including the interval, and yeah, we just lost again for the six. I couldn't see us, despite sort of boycotting the game or boycotting the first half at least. I still didn't think we, we'd lose, even after seeing that start line up and. And again, there was no improvements. He took a little bit of a gamble and obviously it didn't pay off. But I think he's at that sort of that point now, Klopp, where he's borderline desperate and he's, he's just willing to, to try and shake things up, whether it be the start lineup or whatever. And ultimately he gambled, it didn't pay off. And yeah, we were even further away from the top four than what we were Sunday. I understood shaking it up, hopefully, definitely, but so drastically in a defence who'd never played together. I mean. Matt Phillips has actually grown on me, lad. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of warm and so is is no nonsense ways. I mean, he's going to kill someone or himself in a challenge before the season <laughs> finishes. And his mate Reese Williams looks like a 14 year old female netball player, doesn't he? I, I, I don't know how you're giving him a shirt, Reese Williams, at the moment. I'd, I'd play anyone centre back. I'd play Milner centre back. He's not. He's not, he's not good enough. And I, that was, the, I say, the big surprise. From from the start line was the fact that he's he's been given another chance. But it's funny you should say about Matt Phillips because again he, he is. He, let's be honest, he's, he's Curtis Jones aside, Trent's been all right. But apart from those two, he's probably been our best player the last the last mm. month or so. Matt mm. Phillips, whenever he's been given a chance, he's never disappointed. But I was laughing because everyone was going on about his warrior mentality and the fact that he cut his head. He actually cut his head open, heading the ball in the second <laughs> half. There was no defender nearby. He headed the ball and his head burst open. Uh, he's a violent man, isn't he? I, I do. I do. Uh, I am quite enjoying <laughs> Phillips all of a sudden, to be honest with you. But it is. Does, I he, mean, make it, does he make it edgy? Does he unnerve you? Uh, I don't know. No, Reese Williams definitely, definitely makes me edgy. Like no, no player's ever made me edgy. I think at Anfield, to be honest with you. Maybe beyond Tonkavama back in the day, possibly. But yeah. Steve, I know, I know you've 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 sort of gone the other way, and we switch roles, and you're more the pantomime villain now, and I'm sort of not empathising with Everton, but but sort of understanding with, with with any stick we're getting from Everton fans. But I tell you what is doing me, Eden, and I don't know what your take is on this, but I've had lads telling me on various WhatsApp groups that we're not the worst defending champions as uh, whatever Man City got relegated back in 1933. What's all that about? For me, I know what I'm looking at on the telly, and for me, we are the worst defending champions. Again, in my lifetime, I can't comment on what, what happened in the 30s. And let's be honest, you know my thoughts on football from the 30s. It didn't exist. And it's certainly full of fictional players that didn't exist. So, uh, yeah, do me a favour with that one. Eh? And those fictional players include? Dixie Dean, Mickey Mouse, <laughs> if you want to call him. <laughs>
But he said there actually you get a bit of stick from Everton fans. It's starting to make a bit of sense now. It's seen you put on the Instagram stories, Elton John, the bitch is back. So I didn't know whether at first because you were announcing the new episode and then you decided to accompany that with the Elton John track, the bitch is back on it. I thought it was a bit of a dig at me at first, but then obviously it's uh, it's become evident recording this that it was more of a, a lover's tiff with Blue Mick, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I haven't seen him yet. I might, I might actually come out the house now after after the Chelsea's result yesterday because he, he he might have been unbearable, Blue Mick. But you know what? He's very level, isn't he? Yeah, he's Now I've defended Liverpool. As I say, the last couple of games, I feel there was enough out there for better performances. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't even the results. It, it was the performance of the last games. The, the performance against Chelsea. You could have took a loss if they were if they were running around and putting a bit of energy in. But still, lad, going. There is a reason for why we're so goosed. I think if you look at the injuries and he's kind of being forced to. To play the same team over and over, and then obviously he's been forced to, to change that team. We're playing Thursday and, and playing Sunday Sunday afternoon against Fulham. But going into the Sheffield United game, lad, we've had a combined two hundred and four games where players have missed through injury. That was going into the Sheffield United game. The second closest to that was Leicester. Leicester players injured had missed one hundred and two games. We have missed double, lad. The closest. Injury toll in the Premier League this season. Are you still not cutting us a bit of slack for, for why we're goosed and, and why it's untangled so much? No, because it just sounds like excuses to me. Don't forget, we were top at Christmas. And I've away from the podcast, we've had conversations, I've made a mention to you. I can't think of another example where a team, in sports, not just football, where there's been a bigger drop-off than Liverpool in the last couple of months. Don't forget the likes of Gomez, Van Dijk, everyone else. Majority of our sort of catastrophic season-ending injuries were prior to Christmas. Didn't stop us then. We still went on a run. We were top of Christmas, and since then the wheels have just well and truly fell off. I, I'll give them a little bit of leeway in the in the in the, in the sort of in the sense that, and as I mentioned to you on Sunday, I don't think it's time to to sort of get rid of the cloth by any means. Well, I, I was going to say that in the bank yeah. for, for, for to at least be given another season with a full complement of players with the full backing of the board. So I'm not sort of that knee-jerk, but you can't tell me, injuries or not, I get double the amount than any other team. It's got to have an impact, of course it will. But still, mate, there's still quality players out on that yeah. pitch. Yeah. So for, for the performances to have fallen off as much as they have, especially in Anfield for the last, last month or two, is alarming. And I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know whether it's a lack of hunger or desire from both the players and also Klopp. Klopp looks like a broken man on the sideline. Mm, Even mm. when he first come, and we weren't great, let's be honest, when he first when, we, when he first come, the passion from the man on the sideline, and like you've referred to it as before, is Gary Face. <laughs> just constantly up and down that sideline, barking yeah. orders. He's just like a broken man. And even as... His uh, post-match interview the other day, I, I actually felt sorry for him. Mm. It looked as though all the fight from him had gone, which is a biggest concern for me. 
I understand it's bound to take its toll on what's happened in his personal life as well, and what's happened with Beck in, with Allison as well. But I don't know, mate. You just need to you need to dig deep at this point now, and it it all stems from the manager for me. And we need to just a, a strong finish to the season. And if we can somehow get in the top four, which for me seems a a distinct, a very remote, a distinct possibility at this stage. But if we can, then we need to just try and put everything into it. Or win the Champions League. <laughs> I don't know if he's. I'll Liverpool with that. Be. I don't know if he, that's what he's banking on now. I don't think he wants that Europa League. Could he end up tanking in the league and just saving everyone for the Champions League? Because I, I don't know. I suppose Europa's money, isn't it? And it and it gets some players uh, the attraction of Europe if we're looking to to reboot in the summer. But see, are you not surprised by another thing for me and, and sort of the, the amount of success we've had over the last couple of years I put a lot of it down to what I thought we had anyway which was a lot of leaders in the dressing room from Milner to Henderson to Van Dyke, just leaders all around the place just because these players aren't like with the exception of Milner who played on Sunday these leaders or so-called leaders are still there in the dressing room they're still travelling with the team they're still there behind the behind the scenes they're not necessarily out on the pitch but I put a lot of our success down to the fact that we had various international captains we had a lot of leaders and where are these leaders mm. now where are they I think where's the fight where's the hunger where's the desire I think it's not it, there is it I think it's starting to physically and mentally unravel now they look very very leggy they look like the confidence is shot because you know, they haven't been, like we've talked about in the last few weeks, they haven't been creating chances and, and scoring goals when they've been dominating games possession-wise. And it, it just looks like they've got... It's like the football and equivalent of, of writer's block. It's like they just don't know how to score anymore. Uh, we're not conceding that many goals, really, are we? One to Chelsea, one to Fulham. No. I, know, I know we're missing players at the back, but it's the scoring of goals that, that seems, to be, seems to be the issue. And as I say... I don't know. Maybe Wednesday again will be an, um, a welcome change of competition. Uh, how do you see that going, Popey, at the moment? Would you bank on us to get through with a two-goal lead? I think the one, the, the, the main positive is the fact it's not at Anfield. Yeah. So, do, do you know what? The strange thing is, I actually fancy us still playing away from Anfield. It's just at Anfield when teams sort of sit back and I know you've been quite defensive in in, in sort of countering this claim, but I, I I don't care what you say, teams have figured out to, to sort of play against the current way we're playing and the way we have played for the last couple of years at Klopp. That's why we do need a, a plan B. But then away from Anfield, the onus is more so on the home team to attack a little bit more, even with fans not in the stadium. And that obviously suits Liverpool. It opens the game up a little bit more. Mm. When there's two banks of four, you can fucking forget about it the way we're playing at the minute. Mane, I know Bobby gets most stick and, and rightly so, especially in my eyes, but fucking Mane, wow. You're talking about a drop-off from a team. I don't know whether I've seen such a drop-off from an individual as no. I have seen with Mane in the last couple of months. Wow. No. Honestly, he just looks like a shadow of himself. Very strange, so, lad. Very, very strange. massively strange. See, seeing him getting... Seeing him getting... Out jockeyed and, and out paced by Christiansen, the fucking wow. Chelsea centre back. It was wow, real eyes. And do you know what? I'm not buying into the narrative as well. The, probably the most frustrating thing for me after every single game at Anfield when we get beat, the narrative seems to be, oh, the away team played so well. Well, he didn't really, did nah, he? I don't think Fulham were brilliant. No. no. Chelsea were all right, yeah. But I wouldn't say these are fantastic away performances. I'd say the narrative needs to be, and it is to an extent, 
the main narratives come out of these games needs to be how poor Liverpool are. But I'm not buying into all this fucking nonsense when every, nonsense every time we get turned over Anfield. What a performance by Fulham. It wasn't really, was it? It wasn't fantastic. No. You dug in a little bit. But they're no. playing an awful Liverpool team, a well below par Liverpool team. It's not a performance for the ages, is it, from the away team? That's that's something which is a, a bit of a gripe of mine. But yeah. I think we need to move on anyway before a blow casket here. <laughs> End up in a casket like our dog, I think, by the sound of things. They're not about a casket. <laughs> Jesus. You don't understand. I ain't scared of you, Last time we spoke, Popey, we were talking about our name change to gambling with the Pope. I bumped into Tommy Standish, our good mate and, and listener, and he thinks the name changes false advertising. He said, fucking hell, lad, listen to your podcast for an hour and a half, no fucking tips at the end, gambling with the Pope. <laughs> then he laced, he went on to lace me for having wellies on in what he was calling the, the beginning of summer. Yeah, so took a little bit of stick for Tommy from Tommy down the shore there. <laughs> Have you had some suggestions on our name change, Popey? Any feedback on that front? He is right, though. I think it does need to change straight away the fact that it is false advertisement, gambling with the Pope, and then, yet we're not discussing gambling other than our gambling woes, which, let's yeah. be honest, nobody wants to hear, do they? <laughs> um, I've had quite a few yeah, name suggestions. Surprisingly, there's been quite a lot of yeah listener uh, interaction. Go on, then. I'll start with the strange, and then I'll go into to, to the more sort of... Uh, yeah, the better. The, the strange ones, I'll just get out the way. Paul Robbo, who's a loyal listener of the show for me, school friend of mine, he's come up with a couple. He's, he's got a bit of a strange... Um, sense of humour. Sense of humour, massively so, yeah. Side note on Paul Robbo, by the way, I don't know whether he's, he's offering the services, but it's been discussed in the past. I think the general consensus, certainly between the likes of myself, Jimmy Lee, Mark Davis, other listeners of the show, is Paul Robbo, probably along with Richard Keyes, would be the best and is the best stag do guest of all time. <laughs> so any listeners, uh, if you've got any stag do's later this year, obviously once the travel bans are lifted, even into next year, reach out to us on Instagram and I'll get in touch with uh, Paul Robbo and see if he can offer his services and if so what the charge would be what's he offering massively entertaining what, what, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a stag do honestly absolutely what, hilarious what are we talking here is he is he, is he juggling is he doing tricks with a dog like like me last week or what's no he just do anything so he's basically he just you just do any day so if you stand in I don't know on the banks of uh, a canal in Amsterdam jump in there Robbo you'd jump in get back out take your clothes off and jump in again and you'd do it do you know what I mean just just, just massively entertaining loves it there loves a challenge very funny very amusing so yeah bit of a side note with Robbo there but, but again if anyone's in. got any stag do's all lads holidays uh, coming up let us know and yeah I'll find out uh, yeah, how much he's charging we'll get him involved but what does he think our podcast should be called first one is Touched by the Pope I've got that as well. Big Jake Nolan on the Instagram submitted that touched by the Pope. So, yeah, very, very strange sense of humour, but there you go. Um, the other one he's come up with is the Pope's discarded bet and slip. <laughs> weird, isn't he? Quite fitting. Quite fitting for us at the moment, I'd imagine. Quite yeah. fitting, yeah. Next one's from Ian Ellis. He's had a couple of shout-outs on the show. All right, Um You'll probably best remember him from any, any nominee he had for the death race. You just... 
straight away knock it back. So uh, I'm surprised he's still listening, to be honest with you, given the hostility that you've uh, you've shown him. <laughs> well, let's now. see what he's got. Hopefully you won't show his name suggestions as much hostility. The next one is, or the first one from Ian is tipping the Pope. Oh, I like it. Tipping the Pope. It's not bad, that. The next one I don't like because it's just dropped my name completely. Tanton's tips. Fuck that, Ian. Shouldn't have even read that out. Fucking Tip hell. the Pope. Who, off of the shortlist. Who's going to listen to Tanton's tips at the moment? <laughs> I mean, we struggle with listenership enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last ones I've got are from uh, my brother-in-law, Craig. Craig Ricks. Ricks. Um, and again, I don't like the fact that you're, you're giving some love here. Uh, the Jewish Pope. Which is fair enough, but I think with all of those suggestions, <laughs> Jewish Pope is quite good, but it needs to basically say what it does on the yeah. tip, doesn't it? The Jew- Do you know what I mean? They are random, as good as they are, they are random suggestions. Like The Jewish Pope, which is a fantastic term, it's a great Instagram name, but it's, you know, you're going to be thinking you're getting a religious podcast there, aren't you, you you'd imagine? <laughs> That's all I've got. I'd probably say Tip and the Pope would be the uh, the most relevant Tip on the podcast anyway. Yeah, I, Let's see what you've got. Well, you've got. only a few more. My M Pope. I had, to, as as you say, touched by the Pope, Big Jake Nolan, <laughs> one of our loyalist listeners, went with that. Which you know, I I, I don't know. Are we giving off paedophile vibes? Are we on? on <laughs> we must be. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Too much fucking blue mix. Talk, I think. <laughs> We've got the Gamble Unaware podcast from our mate Paddy Wack eighty two. I like it. I like it. Jordan Doyle wants to go a little bit more with the play on words. With the woods, so Pope in the woods, maybe, or I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I think something more fitting would be shit tips in the woods, probably, wouldn't it? Or <laughs> or he suggests shambling with the Pope from uh, <laughs> from both from Jordan Doyle, though. So shambling with the Pope's good, and uh, what was the other way? What was the other one? Pope in the unaware. woods, unaware gambling, the gamble unaware podcast, yeah, yeah. So what still needs a little bit of work. Have you have you had any any thoughts yourself? I think we've got to stick gambling with the Pope because uh, it's a double entendre, isn't it? I'm gambling. I'm buying into what Tommy's saying, though, lad. It is false advertisement. Like, well, or do you think people aren't as asked as what Tommy is about that? I'll what are you thinking? I'll be back soon, like Franny Bennett. I'll, I'll be back in a month <laughs> soon. As I say, the the bet sabbatical rolls on. I was going to have a dabble tonight because I usually play the Champions League games. So if anyone's listening, looking for a bet tonight, have a look at, uh, from about 18 minutes onwards, have a look at the goals in running for there to be another goal or even over two more goals in the game. Uh, because they never tend to price it up properly and take into consideration that, you know, the away goals, that it's a knockout, it's a knockout game. They kind of price it up like they normally would. So that's worth a look in running tonight. But no, my sabbatical rolls on till Cheltenham. All sorts Ooh. of... Cheltenham next week it is indeed, isn't it? All sorts going on here, lad. Therapy sessions, meditation, breathing techniques, Buddhist self-help books. I'm like fucking frocky, frocky getting ready for the Groves rematch here, lad. You know. I feel I'm taking. If you want to pull a bar? If you want to pull a bar, we can all pull a bar. We can all have a push and pull. Yeah, if you want to pull a bar, we can pull a bar. Everyone can pull a bar. Love it. One of my favourite pre-fight clips in the history of boxing, that lad. Just on Frockler, by the way, you're still saying he's not given the credit he deserves. It's quite irony, a man who wears an e- and who sports an earring outside the ring, I'm probably saying is arguably one of the hardest men of all time. 
Oh, yeah, it's, it's outrageous, isn't it? I don't think I appreciated Farrakhi enough. I mean, it's weird. I interviewed him before... For our first, you did, yeah, you did, yeah. For our first magazine front cover, I, I, I interviewed him before the Andre Ward fight. And I was... I don't know. I didn't fully appreciate him. I was a bit of an Andre Ward man. I, he's one of my favourite fighters, Andre Ward. And I think looking back, I wish I'd have kind of embraced the the cockiness of the man, the the utter self confidence of the man, and and what he was about, really, lad. I always questioned his skill set and that, but what he worked with, his chin, his phenomenal oh, engine. His I went to train him, was he? His chin. Let's be honest, lad. His chin, that's probably one of the most underrated assets in boxing, isn't it? Like, he can be, he can have all the skills and the hand speed of Amir Khan, but if you haven't got a fucking chin, what's the point, you know what I mean? I'd no. much rather have a Carl Froch. Yeah. He's got an absolute granite chin, he can just absorb punches, and then he's, he's obviously got to fucking dig himself. You're right what you're saying. If you want to, if you want to watch someone on the pad sort of speedball, forget fucking Froch. I don't think he can even do the speedball. <laughs> no. But in terms of what he achieved, like you said, with, with what he had, Look at look 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 at all his fights at Wembley, all the sellouts and in, in, in like sort of record time at that time. Do you know what I mean? He was. Um, I, I still don't think he necessarily gets the, the credit he deserves. And as I say, the irony of a man who fucking sports an earring outside the ring for, to, for for me, one of the hardest men in boxing that I've that I've ever seen. So uh, yeah, it's quite incredible. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm going to need a tough chin coming back. I mean, <laughs> it's hardly easing your way back in, is it? Going into Cheltenham, one of the most. Precarious. Oh, Cheltenham. See, you know, it's my favourite time of year. It is, without doubt, my favourite time of year. It's Cheltenham. I just love losing money at Cheltenham. This is the Skybet Supreme Novices Hurdle. Let the games begin. They're off. In the press of the closing stages, Shishka being lifted on the far side by Nicola Blofeld. It's very tight between them. Put the kettle on is plucky, and she simply will not be denied. And it's the mayor, put the kettle on, who takes the racing post article. They're off. The Unibet champion. Well, uh, should we preview it now? I can't see us getting a show out before before it starts. Next week, we're probably more likely to do a review show. Uh, should we get on to the Well, no, I haven't really got a preview as such, and I don't really want to case it. But what we'll do, we'll put it out on the Instagram each day, a couple of fancies. I haven't sort of gone into too much depth with it this year in terms of the anti-post markets and I've been listening to a few of the preview nights but I'm sort of going to decide more so in the morning you know of each of each day yeah yeah I'm doing the same in advance because that hasn't worked for me the last few years no so I'm going to rely a bit more on instinct and we'll listen to the previews so what we'll do each day obviously it runs from Tuesday through to Friday next week uh, we'll put a couple of couple of our fancies up each day. How's about that? Yeah, I've got a staking plan, lad. I'm going to do a couple of uh, <coughs> multiple bets. I've got a Yankee lucky fifteen every morning, and I'm going to have one lay a day. So I might put me lay a day up. Could be could be absolutely hilarious just to see me come back into the uh, into the betting <laughs> ring only to be only to be bruised and battered at Cheltenham. Yeah, I'm going to lay one a day. That that's usually been good to me over the years so we'll have a little go at that I mean it's so hard to predict at the moment certainly anti-post wise Pope you think you'd agree and especially with everything that's gone on regarding Irish trainer Gordon Elliott and he's not going to be there at Cheltenham I think he's suspended at the moment do you, do you want to give us some thoughts on that Pope as 
as more of the the racing fan on the podcast. Yeah, so I, I think just 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 to start with the fact that for those who, who don't know, he's he's been given a a one year ban suspended for six months, so he can officially at least start training again. I think from August September time, but I think behind the scenes, I think unofficially, he's still going to have runners in Cheltenham. They're just going to be under uh, another trainer's name, yeah, uh, yeah. Some, some lady whose name escapes me. But again, for those who don't know, you've probably been living under a rock for the last last 10 days. But Gordon Elliott, who I'd probably say not necessarily the best because that honour goes to Willie Mullins, but probably the most high-profile trainer in horse racing, best known as being the trainer for Jewel, Grand National winner, Tiger Roll. A picture surfaced on social media, not Saturday gone, the Saturday before, of him sat on top of a of a dead horse on his on his gallops. Where are this? Was it an old Sorry, was it an old picture, was it, Popey? I think it was I from believe. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, not that it makes any difference, you know. It doesn't no, 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 absolutely not. So I, I was first made aware of it by one of our listeners, again, who's had a few shout outs on the show. Thomas Nelson, Tom Ed, as he's otherwise known. Uh, he sent it to me. And we both said when we first checked, it got to be photoshopped. No way can that be real. A man in his position doing something as, as naive and and, and, and as, as sort of showing that the horse, that the, the lack of integrity as he has. We just weren't buying into it. And, and the consensus between me and Tom, at least at that time, was can't be true. Photoshopped, no substance to it. But I'd said to Tom, Ed, obviously, if it is true, it'll ruin him. Anyway, yeah. sort of fast forward the next 24, 48 hours, he released an official statement saying that it was indeed true and that he was uh, he was working with the uh, Irish Horse Racing Board, who'd done a, launched an official inquiry. And that inquiry took place last Friday. And as I say, the fallout from it was that he was got like a 15 grand fine, which, let's be honest, he's a, he's a self-made millionaire. It's not to him, but he was given a year's ban suspended for six months so he can officially be back from August, September. So in terms of my thoughts, I was just absolutely gutted, to be honest with you. I like Gordon Elliott. I love Gordon Elliott runners at Cheltenham as well. And I don't know, I'm not one of these who've grown up around horses and I'm, 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 you probably can gather anyway. I'm not a sort of animal welfare activist by any stretch. In fact, you've given me a bit of stick in the past for me love of the game and just me absolute disregard that I show the horses. So I wasn't more like teary-eyed, but I was I was I was gutted. And do you know what? And this sounds wrong and he won't have much sympathy from many corners, but I felt a little bit a little bit sorry for him. I was fuming on him the fact he'd been as naive as he had. But I think as as the week progressed last week I did start to feel a little bit sorry for him. But at the same time he's only got himself to blame and although he's allowed to officially train from August September time, I think this will be the end of him in terms of him being a dominant force. He's already had owners, high-profile owners, like Cheveley Park pull horses out of the yard. And Galvin, another one of his horses that was fancied for the National and Chase. In fact, it was his nap of the week. Uh, his owners to put his horse, his horses to another yard, so Galvin will no longer be running for the Elliott Yard. So I think it will. I think it'll take a long time for him to recover. But yeah, I was, I was gutted, to be honest with you. But as I say, I don't think it'll impact... Him having runners at Cheltenham next week, unofficially at least, they'll just be under the name of the uh, the new licence holder at the yard, who's, uh, whose name escapes me. So, uh, yeah, the licence holder's going to be a bit like Ralph Cifaretto's cleaner, isn't she, I think? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? It's his girlfriend. I'll give you a shot in the fucking head, my girlfriend. It's his mate. Oh, right, the racing licence. <laughs> 
Miss Munoz, as the owner of the winning horse, you'll receive an 8x10 glossy in two to four weeks. You, Anthony. You, you, you. What did you say? Hold her back. You are not going unthanked. You? I'm giving a taste of my win. Hi, oh my. Exactly. Just, just you basically just a front for the hop to the operation, but he'll still be he'll still be involved behind the scenes. Not too ways about it. It just throws a big a big cloud over Cheltenham, I feel, and and I think even. Even the travel restrictions and the difficulties, it, it's going to be quite hard. I think Cousin Nico's done a little bit of anti-post betting, maybe maybe not as much over, over previous years, but it's hard enough, isn't it, Cheltenham? So you throw this in the mix, one of the top trainers getting mm. uh, getting struck off, and it's... You, how do you know? How do you know how his horses are going are gonna to operate under under another trainer and, and certainly the ones who've, who've moved yards a couple of weeks before... The, the biggest racing festival in the world. It's it's quite tricky, isn't it? Throws another spanner in the works, Popey. It does. Makes it even more difficult from a, a punter's perspective. But I read an interesting interview with Henry de Bromhead, who got half of Gordon Elliott's Cheveley Park horses. Yeah. And probably the best of the bunch as well. Uh, most notably, Envoy Allen, who's probably the banker for most people at the festival. Uh, and arguably the best horse and trainer. And he'd mentioned that he'd had several conversations with Gordon Elliott, who'd been extremely helpful and accommodating during the transition period yeah, of the yeah. horse moving yards. So I think, because everyone, a lot, a lot of people have been reading into, okay, the diets are going to change, blah, blah, which obviously has a massive impact on the horses. They'll be different hay. But I think the fact that they have been having conversations, I think he's probably going to send some hay over or he's going to tell him what his diet is for, for, until for the rest of this season, at least before switching diets. I don't think they're going to risk that. The owners certainly wouldn't risk the horse changing diets and, and affecting its performance. So I haven't got as many concerns there, but obviously it's going to disrupt the, the horse's preparation slightly. But mm. uh, I think the Bromhead's a brilliant trainer, and he? so I'd still still expect the uh, Cheveley Park horses to, to run well. And speaking of trainers, Cousin Nico was telling me Nicky Henderson's Betway preview was live last night, and it's absolute <laughs> box office. He was one of our favourite trainers, Popey. We love him. He's he's an old yeah. he's an old tough, isn't he? Loves a tipple and uh, brilliant. Apparently, he was sozzled last night on the Zoom. He loves it. He really does. I mean, he'll be. He'll, he'll be, he's always around there, but um, he, he he probably is getting a bit bit antique for these things. But um, we've got to give it a go. I think he thought when he wasn't speaking or someone else was speaking, uh, the camera was shooting to them. But it was like a multi-panelled preview, you know, so you could see everyone's face at the same time. <laughs> I've watched it, Steve. I've, been, I've had it on YouTube this morning you... as I've been working, but I've been listening to it on YouTube because it's on there now. And he's always sozzled at these preview nights. He absolutely loves it. What a guy. We was he, he was hilarious, wasn't he, Popey? I, I, I think he was saying something about um, he was getting um, the, the, the names wrong. He ended up calling it or <laughs> fish cake or something. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. He called monkfish fish cake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who Nicky Anderson reminds me of? And this is a massive compliment. He's very much... From the when it comes to his, uh, his sense of humour and his comedy, he reminds me very much of Peter Alice. Yeah, yeah, he's got that. He's got that tickle about him, hasn't he? Very yeah. quick, very, very witty, and oh, he is good. Like honestly, I thought you were going to go down the line of the fast show, the old, uh, the old drunk fella. Very, very drunk. 
no, no, peace and Alice, yeah. Well, we do this every year, lad, don't we? And maybe we'll do it on the on the Instagram this year, but we do Hendo Watch, don't we, Pope? We send text, text messages to each other of him looking a little bit confused. And <laughs> <laughs> but he never <laughs> fails to deliver every single Cheltenham or Inchy. You'll just see him shuffling around in the background, pissed. Yeah. Like, doesn't know where he's going. Put put some of the old clips up on the Instagram page for uh, everyone to have a good laugh at. I will do, yeah. We actually clocked them, didn't we? We were on Hendo Watch at Haydock, that big meeting at Haydock in, like, I think <laughs> November or, or December, is it? And me and Anarchy were just clocking him, clocking horses, basically. He was struggling to get his binoculars right from round his neck. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have a bit of that next week, but we'll have a bit of Hendo Watch Steve, on the Steve, before Instagram. you move on to horse racing, just put one out there to the listeners again with you managing our Instagram account. This means more work for you. Doesn't impact me, so, not, so not new I'm there. all for it. But any of our listeners, if they've, they've got any fancies or picks for uh, for Cheltenham next week, feel free to uh, to send them across to the Instagram page. Give us a we'll, shout. Uh, well, we'll, have a look out. we'll have a little look and read the best ones out. Eh? Absolutely, yeah. Any any tips you see, any fancies, give us a shout. We'll uh, we'll throw them. Up. The only anti post bet I've got is Declan Griffin. Is is our, our good listener, and we're on. What's the horse we're on there, Popey? Enigamine. Enigamine, yeah, it's come right in, hasn't it? What did we tip it at, Popey? Sixteens or thirty threes? Was it? I can't, can't quite. I, I was a little bit later. I, I think we tipped it at twenties, but I got sixteens because I'd backed it later in the day. You see, yeah. But on Enigamine, I was listening to a preview with David Mullins, who is one of the many, many sons of Willie Mullins, who's recently he's recently retired from the saddle, so he's doing a lot more uh, punditry work. And he basically said, have your life, bet your life on Enigamine. Wow, wow. Win. Not scared the Shishkin. He said, bet your life. Christ and almighty. He, he, so that goes, suffice to say, it's his nap of the meeting. But furthermore, he told everyone to bet their lives on Enigamine. He's that confidence. Right. And that's coming from the trainer's son. Jesus so Christ. What price is it now, Popey? Is it, is it nine to four? Nine the biggest four. second favourite Pope, yeah. Second five, yeah. Yeah. Behind Shishkin. Well, do you know what? We've done our job there, tip wise, anti post. If you can tip something twenty to one it's into nine to four, you've done you've done after after battle, haven't you? And hopefully Yeah. You'd hopefully it can get a place at least, but if it can win, hopefully we can uh, we can get back on track with with one of our anti post picks going. Just before we go off racing as well, Popey. It used to be our classic day, didn't it? Going out, Gold Cup day. I know I haven't been there for many years. It because... still is for me. For me, the likes of me, Moscow and, and Tom Ed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to say how the, the pandemic's impacting the Cheltenham out there. Are you, are you finding a, a bootleg bar? Are you, are you finding somewhere to, to, to watch the racing? Or is I it... can't disclose too much information, but yes, I've found somewhere to watch it, yeah. Oh, okay. So All, uh... all, all 12 of us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So there's going to be a super spreader event next Friday, is there, in the south south of Liverpool? I've said too much already, so let's move on. <laughs> but yeah, I've got somewhere to watch it, yeah. Some glory days we had back then. Like, do you remember that one when I was, I think I was fucking unemployed at the time, or and as you'll say, probably not new there. I might have been Beat doing it. Beat me to it. I might have been doing a bit of labouring, and I'd absolutely done me bollocks. I'd spent a couple of hundred quid on bets, which was huge back then. And it come down to the fox hunters. I think I had, I had me bus fare in me pocket, and I think I had about fourteen quid left over, and I had uh, seven, seven pound each way on why so male in the fox hunters. One of the thirty three to one kept me out for two more days. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, brilliant. I still remember the silks, pink and brown stripes, wasn't it? Oh, Popey, what a moment! And it's why so male over the last. <laughs> I was going old, lad. 
I was going home. Honestly, I had, I had, I think I had sixteen pound fifty in my pocket, and yeah, it was seven pound each way on Wiso Mayo, and it was uh, two pound fifty for me bus. So I remember as lost. well. It was what was the place in town we always used to watch it in? Rigby's. 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 It was Rigby's. Yeah, and you were on your way out, weren't you? I was going. And as I say, I remember the silks, pink. It was pink and brown or pink and black stripes. Ah, oh, uh, in... white so mayo. You were all, you were the only one who'd backed it, mind. But uh, absolutely brilliant, Dan. Like you say, kept you out for a, a couple of more days at least. I think it? it was a Paddy's day, wasn't it? I think it was a Paddy's day. We ended up on uh, Matthew Street. We ended up out all night. I ended up actually having a, a quite a, a lustful romantic night with a with a saxophone player, ginger saxophone player. Forget a name. What now, was his but... name? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, this is how weird my memory is. I'm convinced why so Mayo. Any of our listeners can can look this up, and and, and I'll, I will stand corrected. But I'm sure it was the year that we'd all piled into Headhunter. But I think War of Attrition won that year. Yeah. So I think we were all having a pretty shit day because let's be honest, it backed War of Attrition. None of us. No, 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 I think so. That is, I think that's certainly probably my greatest Cheltenham winner of all time. I did have Silk Affair. T- we got tip Silk Affair from the owners a while ago. Remember, it was Quinlan. Quinlan owned. Uh, yeah. I forget what race it was. That was a cracker as you well. You could ask me what my best Cheltenham uh, Yeah, winner yeah, that's what, was, that's what I was going to ask, Popey. What, what, what Slim you... Pickens, my friend. Slim Pickens, as you know. I did have a 33 to 1 winner at Aintree, um, the Grand National meeting. I think yeah, it was on the Friday. Dumbrody Miller, oh, which, which won a 33 Dumb- to 1, which was fantastic. Fantastic um, front runner, Popey, wasn't it? Dumbrody oh, Miller. Miller, brilliant. 33 to 1. Lan it led, yeah, led from the front. Run them into yeah. the ground. Run them and into I was, the I ground. was there as well. It was fucking brilliant. But do you know what? And again, fucking hell, get the violins back out. It's just hard luck stories with me with uh, Cheltenham. Not last year, but I think the year before, County Erdle. I had the Willie Mullins 33 to 1, which got shinned on the line by Nick de Boyneville. Oh. 33 to 1 in the County Erdle. Oh. I had, not last year, again the year before, I had a £2 Yankee. And on that Yankee, I had album photo at 12 to 1 the year he won it. Oh, and Bundoran at... I think I backed it in the morning at about 16 to 1. And again, I got shinned on the line. If that would have won, then that would have been fucking silly money. Uh, so but what about last of... year? Popey last year, I, I, you had another fall, didn't you, that, that I benefited from? Was it... Um... Column of Fire. Infatigable, was it? Took it yeah, it was Column of Fire, basically. In the Martin Pipe, Handicap Hurdle, last race of the festival. I'd been backing it for weeks and weeks and weeks on the back of obvious various different preview shows, podcasts to listen to. And then I'd heard for, on the Beth Fair preview show, Gordon Elliott was trying to keep his cards close to his chest and Ollie Murphy was also on the panel, blew him up. He said, uh, Gordon's just sent me one text in the last few months and all it said is Martin Pipe, Handicap Hurdle, Column of Fire and Capitals. And then he looked a little bit like, uh, he looked a little bit embarrassed, uh, Gordon Elliott, he was laughing. So I thought, he's fucking got to be all, he's all, be all over it. that. Yeah. And it was leading coming to the last jet. It was firing loads off the bridle and obviously mm. fell off the last hurdle. Great White Shark is in fourth. Indefatigable is staying on from a long way back, followed by Flash and the Steel. The final flight down there on the near side, Column of Fire. He's pillion out in front. It's pillion who now leads by three legs. Staying on, indefatigable the mare, up against the near side rail. Great White Shark is back in third, 100 yards to go, indefatigable and on the far side, Pillion. That is so close to the finale, indefatigable or Pillion could go either way, followed by Great White Shark, happy-go-lucky, and staying on from a mile back was Mill Green. 
to end the festival. Which pretty much summed up my Cheltenham last year. Summed it up perfectly. Well, let's get a bit more luck this year, Popey. Yeah, uh, that's that... why it's changing tact. I'll just look at them on the morning of, uh, of, of each day. As as you do yourself, you've done that for years, haven't you? Get the race yeah. post each morning and just, just look at it and start each day afresh yeah. rather than giving it too much thought. Yeah. So it changed its act for me this year and yeah, let's see how we get on. And I think the benefits as well of, of betting on the morning, you'll get the extra places and all that. You know, you can back anti-post, you know, you might get a bigger price, but you'll be probably taking three or four places in some races where you'll be you could be getting six places on the day depending on what book you're betting with. So if you are betting at Cheltenham and maybe you've only got one or two betting accounts, keep your eyes open on Odds Checker and have a look at the places because it doesn't half make a difference if you're going each way. If you're getting six places over four, Popey, it's it's huge, isn't it? And and that's the benefits of obviously waiting till the till the morning really yeah. to bet, isn't it? So yeah, yeah good, good advice there. I think the horse that got chinned on the line at thirty threes in the county hurdle, and just look, I think it was Wicklow Brave. Was it wasn't it? last year? It was the year before. And I'm, I'm talking like chinned on the line, like mm. uh, it's come from the heavens. Nicko de Boinville, oh. I've just done him on the line. Oh. So uh, yeah, let's hope for a uh, better luck this time round. Eh? Dumb Brody Miller as well. That's a name I haven't heard heard for years. That thirty-three to one, mate. But oh, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Wicklow Brave here on the thirteenth uh, of March, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, what a got chinned by. Shouldn't be doing this. I'll be back in therapy. William Henry, uh, Nicky Anderson. Nicky. So uh, the official winning margin was a short head. Bastard. Bastard. Bastard there you indeed. Go. Anyway. Can you hear this dog barking all the way through this podcast as well? I know uh, it was quite an emotional open to the to the show here today. Go but... find another stick and ram it down. It's yeah, totally I, I was going to say, I could be like Gordon Elliott in the garden here, sat on top of her, seriously. <laughs> like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I was going to say, get your peg. You'd take some photos, but given, uh, yeah, given how upset he was the other day, I can't see that happening. <laughs> He's a broken man. Staying with... Our listeners and interaction, Popey, couple of unlikely lookalikes for you. Your favourites. You ready? I've, I've actually got one. Oh, Second only. Behave yourself. That's one of mine. I have. Well, especially. I I pissed all over your chips last week, didn't I, lad? I think you were waiting for the big reveal of uh, Beth Tweddle and, and Seamus Coleman. I, I did ask you if you wanted to do that, and you you give me the green light to go ahead. So, do you want to start us off here, Popey? Yeah, it's, it's a very obscure one. Like you're definitely going is to have it to you, up and, yeah, your laptop in front of you. Is it you? Is it yours? Have you come up with this, or is it is someone's texture? It's me. That, that's that's oh, that's the madness wow. of it. So there basically, up to now, this feature's been running at it for about Popey. four months. Go wait on. one sec. I've got to shut this dog up, lad. This is gonna. <laughs> Honestly, God, wait there. <laughs> Go on then, Popey. So you finally, you finally got a, an unlikely look. like sorry, lad. I just had to take the elephant gun to the dog there. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, so I reckon this feature's been going maybe as long as four or five months. Yeah. And the only other suggestion I've I've put forward was completely just you took a flamethrower to it. I think what was it? It was um Sally. Sally, uh, yeah, yeah, the the former UVA manager in the um I can't Don Pietro Don from Pietro. Uh, yeah. Yeah, from from Gamora. So hopefully this one will yeah, sit sit a little better with you. Uh, but it's very obscure. Have you got, you're on your laptop now. I'm on my laptop. I, I, I'm ready to go here. Yeah, I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do your role here. Let's get Good to the I was, I was channel hopping the other day. Uh, of course, a little bit of the European indoor athletics. Okay. <laughs> wow. There was a heptathlete by the name of Andreas Beckman representing Germany. B E C H M A. Got him. Got him. Andre- um, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. And I'm, I'm saying he looks like Darren Till. 
the Scouse UFC fighter. Oh no, lad! I've got I've got Andreas Beckman, a postgraduate from the University of Bradford. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> he might be. Who knows? Have I spelt it wrong? Fucking hell! Oh, God, oh, God. So what is he? He's 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 an Andreas Beckman. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is he? Heptathlon. Yeah, just Andreas Beckman. B E C H M A W N. Andreas Beckman. Yeah, twenty-one-year-old German heptathlete. I'm going with Darren Till, the Scouse UFC fighter. I'm not getting them, you know. Yeah, I'm gone. Andreas. Well, Be- you're not getting the comparison, or you're not finding them. No, I'm not. Fi- I've got a Martin Beckman. But you're just overegging the custard. Just type into Google Andreas A N D R E A S. Yeah. Surname Beckman B E C H. Oh hey. I've got a K. I've got a K, lad. I'm sorry. I'm gone. Darren Sill. Boom. Yeah, but I mean, like, what? Fuck off, Steve. Hang on a minute, you fucking you lick everyone else's arse who puts one forward. So come on, why isn't this obscure? We're talking about a fucking German heptathlete. He really MMA fighter. He really looks like Darren Sill. They're both athletes around the same age, the same race. Uh, They're both athletes. One is a heptathlete, one is a fighter. Where's the unlikely? Six years apart. One's German, one's Ah, English. I don't know where the unlikely comes in, Puppy. You've got a big problem with with it being unlikely. This is. You've done it again. You've done it again, like Sadie Pope. This is shocking. I'm fuming with you, here, lad, honestly. Fucking, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think you looks like him. poll on the Instagram page. Fucking hell, you could have a lot of work to do on the Instagram page <laughs> and let the listeners decide. I think it really looks like Darren Sill. Popey, I think he's an absolute ringer. I just don't see where it's unlikely. Is it that unlikely that Darren Sill will be wearing it? Wait a minute, fucking, well, no, because whenever I say unlikely... If someone blatantly looks like someone and you read it out, I go, hang on a minute, how's that unlikely? And then you compare their professions. Well, hang on, one's an actor and one's a fucking uh, a scientist. All right, one's a heptathlete, one's a fighter, yeah. one's fucking from Liverpool, one's from fucking Dusseldorf. <laughs> what do you want from me? It's not like the next door neighbours and they fucking both play in the fucking same football team, is it? I'll put it to the listeners. I'll, I'll, I'll let them Make decide. sure you do. Definitely looks like him, definitely looks like him. Did you see Darren Till, by the way, arguing with the busies the other week? Karen Till. Yeah. Get out my car! Get out my car! Get out my car! <laughs> fucking ridiculous. That'd be like me if Liverpool don't make the top four there. Apart from, I don't have, <laughs> apart from I don't have a license. Okay, well, let's stick with the UFC then, Popey. Here's one for you from Joe Williams on Instagram. Paddy the Baddy Pimlet looks like status quo's Rick Parfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Unlikely, though. You know what I'm saying? Well, hang on a minute. But they're both, so they're both famous. They're both in the entertainment industry. One's a fighter, one's Come a on. musician. Come so on. where's the unlikeliness? Come on, Popey. Come on. No, fuck off, Steve. Different on, generations. Up, yeah. One's the lead singer of a rock band. Come on. That's, that's very unlikely, that. That's a crack. And it's good, yeah. No, it's good, definitely. We used to actually call me Ma, Rick Parfit, you know, when she'd had an hangover. We used to say... <laughs> I thought you were going to say... We used to call me Ma, Paddy the Baddy Pimless. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking scrapped with us a few times, like Paddy the Baddy Pimless. Fucking hell. <laughs> You weren't there that time, were you, when uh, when she put a, a bag of butties over me head? Have I told that story on here before? Was that the time when you were coming through your blinds in your room, just lashing mini-discs down at us? Bladded. <laughs> no. I'd, forg- you know I mean? I'd forgot about that. 
quite quite embarrassing. But then that that just became par for the course. Anyway, I was relatively new to the social scene in Hale in Hale Village at that time, so I was thinking this is a bit mad, like carrying on like this in front of your mum and dad, like a bit disrespectful. But then obviously it happened the week after, then and the week after that, and as I say, become I become immune to it in the end. But it was certainly an eye opener just seeing you come through the blinds in your room, just launching mini discs down at everyone, your mum. Your dad, me, whoever else was there. Quite funny, like. Parfait for the cause, you could say, Popey. <laughs> Come on! Okay, let's fly through a few more of these. Roberto Firmino and the Motown singer Smokey Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> that that's no. from that's from Football Oxygen on Twitter. Which is Rob. I'm not sure who that is. That might be might be Rob Ashcroft. That. I'm wow. not too sure. But again, I get but Come so on. this is why I'm taking exceptions, Dave, because he does blatantly look like him, as does Beckman, looks like Till. Yeah. But so, it... so why are you giving this one credit? Different professions. Different professions, different nationalities, different decades. Come on. Well, all... different nationalities, Beckman, Till, bang, there you go. Beckman, Till. Uh... Double standard, Steve. Uh, I don't know. I don't it's know. good, it's good. Of course it looks like him, as it... does Beckman, looks like Till, but come on. Here's one for, from me that is basically just one for me and you really Popey I don't think any of our listeners will, will have a clue about this obscure one. go on Dan Lebertad yeah and Dick Barone from The Sopranos from Barone Sanitation <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's fucking remind myself of it, what Dick Barone looks like Dick Barone Sanitation there's something there in the expressions the eyes it's, it's, it's an odd one but yeah definitely yeah yeah there's definitely something there okay but Dick Barone circa Sopranos, I may add, obviously not so much Dick Barone, two thousand, not so much twenty two thousand twenty one Dick Barone. What's he looking now, like now, Dick Barone? Let me have a little look. Oh, he's gone. Oh, I don't know. Looks a bit more like him now. Joe Lissy, who plays Dick Barone, it is actually a little goatee on him. I think he's gone. He's only missing the Miami Dolphins cap there, isn't he? Mm. Maybe you're looking at a different picture to me. But yeah, go on, not bad. Okay, another one from me, Bernardo Silva and Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, not bad. What's the deal with Pep's hoodie? <laughs> what is the deal with Pep's hoodie? It's a charity, isn't it? Yeah, it will I mean... be, yeah. It's to do, it'll be some sort of political Basque propaganda, won't it? He's very heavily involved in oh. the fucking Basque community back in Spain. So I don't even pay any attention to it. Reckless, reckless speculation there. (laughs) Basically call him Pepper Terrorist. He's terrorised the He's terrorised the rules over the years, hasn't he? Did you know? I don't know if we've spoke about this. Do you know that he's he failed a a drug test, Pep? I I don't want to get onto this uh, this drug taking, drug in sports scandal. But you know he failed two drug tests, Pep, as a player, and was banned for four months in the uh, Italian league when he was at Brescia. Not, not not well and truly being brushed under the carpet, hasn't it? Not spoken about much, that is it. This is the man who took over Barca's golden generation, where the. He couldn't stop running for 90 minutes on and off the ball. It's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? I always Save it for another time. Save it for another yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the last one. when I'm not here. Last one from Liam Rowlands, loyal follower on Instagram. Sheffield United's Ethan Ampadu and Merv from Home Alone's Wet Bandits, which this is this has got it all. It's interracial. It's it's different professions. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. It's, got, it's got to be interracial, hasn't it? It's a fictional uh, character. Yeah. Different generations. It's just fantastic. Hollywood meets the Premier League. It's just wonderful work, Liam. Yeah. Probably my least favourite, but yeah, go on. 
and obviously it's, you, you, you're playing the interracial card as you always do. So all that's missing is it's it's not intergender, is it? No, no, it's not. But that's about wraps it, Popey. That about wraps it. So, oh, tip of the week. Do you have anything cooking for us, or are we going to let our sponsors down for a? <laughs> is it a third week in a row now? So you're on. Don't have anything to hand to be honest with you. I'm just trying to think on my feet. Uh, but no, let's be honest. Let's just tarnish our, our name once again. Gambling with the Pope and not come up with any uh, any gambling tips. My tips were bet responsibly uh, as it as it was last week. As I say, have a little look in running at the Champions League. The value for for over the goals around the 75, 80 minute mark. If it's standout, get involved because them games open up crazily as they did in the Europa League last week. Was it? I think. I think Arsenal scored late. I think Rangers there's a couple of goals late there with Antwerp chasing the game. There should be goals late in in. At least three of the four Champions League games this this week. So have a little go on that. Why not? Eh? Okay, very good. That'll wrap us, Popey. I will. Uh, I will probably catch it either mid Cheltenham or maybe after Cheltenham finishes, lad. Maybe maybe over next weekend we'll we'll do a little review show. Eh? Hopefully not before. Take it easy, mate. See you later. See you soon. Ta-da, mate. Ta-da. This has been a little tense. Do we get a shake of hands here? Would you like to shake my hand? I'd love to shake your hand. You'd love to. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, pleasure to you too, mate. What are you doing? We can all, can all, we can all pull about a little bit. Do you want to pull about, have a little pull and a push? 